Good morning and welcome to the story behind our success. I am Rebecca Rouse, your host and head lizard at Neon Lizard Creative Marketing and Design, where we build foundational brands with social impact. Find us on the web at neonlizardcreative.com. Let's get started. Good morning and welcome to The Secret Behind Our Success. I'm Rebecca Rouse, your host and head lizard at Neon Lizard Creative Marketing and Design, where we build foundational brands with social impact. Find us on the web at neonlizardcreative.com. Today, we are humbled and excited to have with us none other than Jim Varnish of Orchid Black. Jim Varnish, a growth architect who has spent the last two decades as a serial entrepreneur, operator, investor, and M&A expert. Welcome, Jim. Tell us more about yourself. Thanks, Rebecca. Thrilled to be here. And I, I love the premise of your show, mixing cutting-edge innovation with uh, general humility, I guess, and intellectual <laughs> honesty. Um, I feel like uh, you're spot on in, in knowing that we must always push the boundaries of the way that things have always been done. So really happy to be here. Thank, thank you. Okay. Well, I got to say that because I am Neon Lizard and the number one question <laughs> I get is where did I get my name? I am intrigued by yours. So what is Orchid Black and why did you come up with that? Yeah. Awesome. So um, our former name was Morgan Hill Partners, which was this stodgy old um, <laughs> formal, you know, attorney or private equity sounding name. And, uh -huh. you know, it, it worked for a while because we did a lot, you know, a lot of work with private equity, you know, a lot of work with um, in, in that landscape, if you will. But at the end of the day, the, the firms and the companies that we served were these brilliant, innovative founders who had built an incredible business and just wanted to take it to the next level. And so we got kind of re-in-touch with ourselves during uh, you know, the adventure the world had um, in 1920 through COVID <laughs> and, uh, and in touch with the market. And because we serve founder-led companies, that are um, really have a lot of opportunity to, to grow further than they've even thought possible in many cases and exit. Um, we've created a brand, Orchid Black, that really changes, changes the landscape of the way things are done in the world that we live in, which is really the crossover between management consulting and investing. Um, and as operators, as M&A experts, and as investors, um, we looked at the way things were being done in the industry, especially on the venture capital side, um, mm -hmm. with you know just throwing money at companies, hoping that they grow, um, and in many cases having some great success with that. Right? I used to be in venture capital myself, a lot of friends in there as well. Um, but at the end of the day, growing really fast is only part of the equation, but growing smart was the other side. And so we looked at you know this terminology unicorn that exists in the market around growing fast to a billion dollars and having a bunch of money thrown at companies. And, and we dialed it back towards, you know, what are things that not only grow smart, but not only grow fast, but grow smart. Um, and uh, my brilliant marketing department found the rare exotic orchid um, of which black orchids are the most rare um, wow. that when tended to properly can grow to brilliant heights. In fact, higher than any other flower but they need tender nurturing and care and pruning Love to get it. there. And that's, that's, uh, that's orchid black. Um, so that's, that's, and, and the black part is also this exclusive feel and uh, the fact that we only work with companies that are in the black or have line of sight towards being the black or profitable 
it just really all kind of merged together to be this brilliant brand that that we're really excited to bring to the market. Wow, that's a that's a really great story. That's way better than mine. <laughs> oh, I want to hear yours sometime soon. Though. Oh, we'll have to we'll have to do that on another call because I don't think anybody wants to hear that now. It's in all sorts of stuff. Um, let's see. I was going to ask you too. Um, this is for people that are exiting, right? Maximum growth, so that they have the maximum value when they choose to sell and leave. Is that kind of what I was gathering from there? That's exactly right. We we partner with founders who've built a business to a certain point are looking to exit within the next three years, but in many cases um, aren't worth what they could be worth in the market at this point in time. So we bring our team and our process in um, and we execute alongside of them to against a, plan, a growth plan that um, really focuses on not only creating wealth within the company, but leaving a legacy for founders that have built a brilliant business to date, but are looking for some really outsized returns on the other side of an exit. And I love your team ethos, the better together. Explain what that means. I'm, I'm sorry. Your team ethos is better together. So when you partner with Orchid Black, you all show up and the results are powerful. So oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, our out, kind of expand on that a little bit, because I thought that was a really I'm a big believer in, in community and partnership. So that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, you'll see all over our website, partner, execute and thrive. Mm-hmm. Um, that better together philosophy is, is core to who we are. And um, we look for the only we look for only the companies that we can help the most, only the founders that we can help the most um, and the ones that know they need help. Right. Um, because ultimately, uh, building a business is hard, but not everyone knows that they need help and not everyone does need help. And so, you know, we only partner with the companies that we can see at least 100 percent year over year value creation um, when partnering with uh, with those founder led companies. So what got you ready for this? What, how did you get into this field and this passion? Because I can tell you, you've got the passion, too. You're excited about it. Yeah, I mean, simply put, uh, I am obsessed with growing companies. Um, those who know me best simply call me a growth architect, probably a lot of other names, too, but that's the one I like the best. Um, I got charming in the list. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take I'll take that. Thank you. That, that probably has, that probably doesn't crack the top 10, but I'll take it. All right. um, but, you know, that's what all this forestry and, and growth and, and all that is behind me is right. That's my obsession. Um, and my my business story, if you will, um, started when I was a wee young 15 year old lad grinding away at the growth of my family business with not much other than a learner's permit, <laughs> um, which I was a part of growing something really special from 40 million to over a billion in enterprise value today. Um, And my focus from a 15 year old intern to 19 year old leader was entirely on growth via acquisitions and integration into our existing business, buy businesses and then grow the business with those new acquisitions and integrations. And, you know, over the years, this obsession just matured, helping Dozens of companies unlock not only that inorganic or acquisition-driven growth, but also organic growth. Um, and a bunch of acquisitions, a lot of years, and an immense amount of growth, if you will, later. Um, that's really kind of what led me to starting growth services firm Orchid Black, which is focused on helping tech forward, largely software companies, mm-hmm. maximize growth and enterprise value on the path to exit. Um, 
hence the background. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Now, were you part of the original company, the very first one? I was. Yeah, we. Uh, it was. It was a few evolutions. Um, I had a, a very early stage company called Startup Solutions that evolved into Morgan Hill Partners, which was now rebranded as Orchid Black. <laughs> Okay, I got it. That's awesome. So do you have your own marketing team? Because everything I've seen of yours is beautiful. Well, I will make sure to tell them that if they don't hear it themselves. Um, and thank you. Um, we do. We have uh, a wonderful you know, couple folks on the marketing team who um, have been transformational in the brand, mm-hmm. um, as well as you know, content generation, demand generation, and um, would not know what to do without them, quite frankly. <laughs> They probably want to kill me some days, but overall, <laughs> we've got a really good relationship. <laughs> That's awesome. I love my team, too. It's a, we have the best. We have Giphy Wars, where we send gifts back and forth. Making I love that. Each other. Very cool. That's pretty Very cool. So do you have a client success story you want to share that will impress everybody about how smart you are? Oof, well, I'll try to, I guess, <laughs> impress people with how smart I am, but um, let, me, uh, let, me, let, me, let me start here, um, which is that we are very proud to have the business model that we have not only around growing companies, but around what our fee structure is, our, our performance um, focused incentive, if you will, um, which is, which is this um, you've got a lot of management consultants out there that um, have their methodology. They have a great team, um, but they do two things wrong in my opinion, um, or have opportunity in two areas. Number one is, um, they've got this great team and this great methodology, but oftentimes they don't take it down to the execution level to actually help drive growth with companies. Mm-hmm. Um, the second is the fee structure is, uh, is all cash, right? If you believe in what you do, why on earth would you just take cash for your fees rather than you know, potentially riding alongside of performance? Mm-hmm. Um, and so where we focus is a, a structure where we'll take a lot of our fees for services as as upside within the companies we work with, whether that's equity or percentage of sales, something that really aligns our team with the growth of the company, because that's what we do. And you know, we put our money where our mouth is. And so one example, um, just to, to go back to your question is, um, we were brought into a fintech company by a founder who had bootstrapped his business 15, maybe 20 years even, and built an incredible business with awesome customers but growth was just starting to flatline. Um, and he wanted to exit, um, spend his next chapter investing in other companies and just enjoying life after being you know, decades within his own business. Um, but the company's current valuation that he got in the market just wasn't acceptable to him. And he knew he could get more. Um, and so after a few conversations with people in the market, um, he decided that um, he would bring in some growth counsel, some growth help. And so we were referred in. Um, and in, uh, less than a month, the founder had a roadmap that we put together, um, created via our team and proprietary process on how to increase the value of his business in the coming months. We fast forward seven months, um, and we increased the value of the business from 23 million, 23.1 million was his previous offer to 36 million and sold to a strategic buyer. So everybody won big, right? Our team won big because, you know, we, deferred a lot of our fees towards upside. He obviously won big because that's a pretty significant you know, increase in value, 55% to be exact. And uh, that's the kind of work that we do, whether it's seven months or 36 months. 
um, putting together a plan and helping the team execute, providing the missing pieces to drive growth. That's, that's, that's our game. What's your minimum client size? Yeah, good, good question. So our typical client size is between 3 million and 50 million in annual revenue. Almost. Um, (laughs) What's that? Almost there. Well, but, but that being said, we have accepted a few, you know, earlier on some a little bit later for the right companies that we can, you know, again, that we can make the difference in, right? We're not going to take something on unless we can, unless we can drive that change. So we've got to be very exclusive and people understand that because we're putting our fees where our money, where our mouth is as well, right? So, um, you know, that, that, that's really important to us and our core our ICP ideal customer profile, if you will, has really been a fit between five and 20 million is, is where we have the most, the best results, mm-hmm. um, where companies have just hit some growth wall, growth obstacle, um, and, and need to just do something a little bit different. Uh, could be pricing, could be product market fit, could be the creation of channel programs and channel frameworks to drive growth. It could be M&A, right? It could be a number of things that are driving that growth but we help them figure out what the right path is and uh, and we execute alongside them. Is there a common denominator? I'm going off script here, but <laughs> is there a common denominator in the companies that kind of flatline a little bit? Is there something that maybe they're um, top heavy or things of that nature that, you know, we could be aware of so that we don't do that as we grow? Yeah. Oftentimes the companies that, that were, uh, because we're focused on companies that are in the black or line of sight towards the black, right? Um, which is again, orchid black. Um, these companies typically are not investing enough in growth. That's part of it, right? It's, it's, you know, focused on the bottom line, getting money out of the business, right? Making a living, right? Which is, which is okay. Um, and many of the companies we talk to want a lifestyle business and want to keep operating that way. And that's okay as well. Um, but for those that want to shift that mindset and actually, you know, drive and experiment with growth campaigns, if you will, that will that will see the results that um, you know we've seen with our other clients um, are really are really good fit. So you you asked the question, um, you know, what types of roadblocks? It really falls into two categories. One is pre-product market fit, um, and the other is post-product market fit. And the pre-product market fit companies really struggle with um, you know understanding who their ideal client profile is and um, may have had some great success, some legacy customers brought in from relationships or Rolodex or, you know, something <laughs> that, that <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I guess I'm aging, I guess I'm aging myself there. Um, but, but they've, they've got something there. Right. Um, but, but they've, they haven't experienced that pull from the market of, Hey, I need you. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, because they've got five or 10 million in revenue, they may think they've hit those, um, you know, they've, they've achieved that product market fit, but um, in many cases they haven't. Um, and so those companies, you know, we really focus on experimentation and, and market segmentation to identify that ideal client profile, go after some target companies, create a predictable revenue stream that's more direct in nature, right? Direct channels um, and, and, and scale the business in, in that way. Um, on the other side, post-product market fit, it's usually they, it, it's a number of reasons on the, you know, on the operational side that, that are, that are keeping them from growing kind of like that, uh, that classic founder mindset, if you will. Um, but, but also, we've um, always done it. That, what's that? That mindset though. This is the way we've always done it. This is the way we've always done it. Um, you know, founders stuck in the day to day 
and thinking that's the way it should be. Um, needing to have your hands in everything rather than bringing <laughs> in the right people. What's that? Mm-hmm. Micromanaging. Yeah. Micromanaging. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, do you guys use EOS? Are you an EOS firm? We use a number of different frameworks um, and we've created our own methodology for, for, for standardization. But in terms of planning or oper- operating systems, if you will, EOS is one of our top five or 10 frameworks that we use. Wow. We found that it's best more in like tech enabled for us tech, right? So software companies have a hard time adopting and leveraging EOS the same in, in ways that you know other companies do not, especially EOS. I found like the sweet spot is like Midwestern companies that are heavy services or manufacturing, right? Like things that are more classic industry. Um, for software companies, we leverage a bunch of different ones, but V2MOM, which was the classic Salesforce software as a service methodology, the way Salesforce.com, that's that's a big one that we leverage. Um, And and OKR, Objectives and Key Results, is another one that that we leverage as part of our our methodology. That's great. So where do you see yourself in 10 years? Oh, man. Um, Probably doing this. (laughs) Um, but you know, maybe in a, in a bit different of a, of an aspect, right. Um, the business, um, we've been in business about four years now and it's finally, you know, clicking on all cylinders. Um, I'm, you know, finally out of the day to day, you know, kind of working on the business versus working in the business as much. Um, and, um, we're eating our dog food now more than ever in terms of our own growth. Um, and so I think, you know, what I, what I love about directionally where we have potential is um, both as an individual, you know, founder, individual person, <laughs> company, is we've got this opportunity to continue reinvesting our proceeds from exits with great companies so that we can help more founders and more founders and more founders. Um, and and that's, that's what our business is built around is, is helping grow other companies. So provided we can find the right people because that's the hardest part. It always is um, to make sure we're getting um, and driving the right growth with the best operators, the best M&A experts on the planet. Um, then, you know, the answer is continuing to help more and more founders and growing the business by helping more businesses. And you're <laughs> may sound corny. <laughs> no, because you're you're actually, like you said, putting your money where your mouth is because you're helping with seed founders as well, helping Tampa grow in that industry, correct? In the various industries. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Tampa is booming from a tech perspective. I wish we did more here locally. We've got a few really great clients. Um, Most of our work is still in bigger tech hubs, you know, tech, you know, the the Northeast, out West, um, you know, even, you know, all the Austin area, Chicago. But, um, but yes, I would, I love the Florida community and what we're building here. And I'm so passionate about staying here and building here um, that, uh, that yes, I, uh, I really appreciate you mentioning that and, and absolutely a big part impressed. of the equation. I was impressed. Yeah. I'm really big on that. Social impact is really important. I think, uh, as you've probably heard in some of my podcasts that you listen to, is I just think as businesses, we have a responsibility to give back. It's our job to lead and people need to be given back. And if you aren't, yeah. then think twice because you've been given this blessing of a business, then use it to make the world a better place. So <clears throat> I'll get off. Let me get off my uh, soapbox here. No, please stay on. <laughs> it's, uh, it's great. I got a question though. Yeah. You've got to have learned a single lesson, like something went sour, something went bad, something that 
maybe caused you to pivot. Are you comfortable mm. sharing that? Yeah, I, I, I am. Um, and part of it connects back to our, our branding, um, and our evolution in, in rebranding as Orchid Black, quite frankly. Um, I, I've got a lot that I can share, but let's just start there. <laughs> um, so it was, you know, early 2020, we're rounding out our second year in business. Um, we had some really big wins and some great clients over our first couple of years, but it really built the business purely off of, you know, our own Rolodex partner client referrals where we had caused and, and, and drove a lot of great growth in the past, but it was time for us to reharness and focus our efforts on, on, on scaling our business. Um, and now we're experts in growing and scaling technology and product companies, right? But we are at our core a services business serving product companies, a little bit different. Um, and so a lot of trial and error, um, a lot of overspend on marketing activities led to virtually no ROI. Um, and we <laughs> felt like we had felt like we had tried it all, right? Um, but uh, email campaigns, content, active social media, you know, raving client testimonials, right? Um, but still not getting the results that that we wanted to see from the spend that we were doing. And so by talking to our customers, talking to the market, we soon realized that the core issue wasn't our demand generation, wasn't what we were, you know, what we were driving towards from a from a marketing spend perspective. It was our core brand and, and our core message it just wasn't resonating. Um, and so any demand generation that we did just simply wouldn't have the same effect because of that. And, um, yeah, that was a hard, that was a hard lesson. Right. Um, and furthermore, I would say as part of that, we realized that we weren't really prepared to scale. And so we needed to do two things. Um, my founder and I needed to bring in, um, a, a, or my co-founder and I, sorry, Stephen Horwitz, who I've worked with for years needed to bring in two other partners. One was a marketing leader to take our brand to the next level. Um, and one was a third managing partner to um, be our delivery and operations leader who had a history of building services companies, scaling services companies to take our execution to the next level. So it was an honest look at looking what we're great at, right, where we had gaps right. um, and, and doing what we do for other companies for ourselves. And what I did not realize was that there would be a transformative journey where I probably tried to fire my a few times and, and them along the way. Um, they probably tried to fire me more times than I can count. But, but you know, this incredible expertise that we brought, um, this transformative growth that came out of it is what's led to us being, you know, we're about to 4X our revenue this year because That's of amazing. it. That's <laughs> amazing. And um, so it's cool, right? It was, it was a hard journey. It was hard to admit that we had gaps and that we needed outside talent, that we didn't know it all, if you will. Um, but at the end of the day, um, I, I'm so pleased with, with the results. Now, did you create a mantra or is there something that pushed you through a saying that you use? Oh, geez. Um, this may sound I a little, you this was coming. You did, you did. Um, the, um, it may sound cheesy, but it's all in our company value proposition, grow smart and then grow fast. Um, I mentioned the venture capital model. What I didn't mention is that I spent a year in venture capital and I was selecting only the best deals that had a slight chance of being our next 100x investment, our next unicorn, right? Wow. And while I have dear friends in VC, as I mentioned, the, the model is a little bit flawed in many cases. It may result in some, some good wins, 
but the asset class as a whole just has opportunity. And so, you know, I am still a partner and investor there. I still love everything that we're doing at Florida Funders. Um, but at the end of the day, my passion was in helping the companies that weren't quite there, um, that wanted to not only grow grow fast, but also grow smart. And um, I had seen so many founders diluted so far down on the cap table by raising capital that it's barely even their company any longer. I mean, would you rather own 1% of a billion dollar company, a unicorn, or 75% of a hundred million dollar company um, by growing smarter? And to me, that answer is pretty, pretty simple, right? It's the difference between 75 million and 10 million direct to you. (laughs) So, um, you know, while advocating, uh, you know, I'm not advocating that venture capital is a bad asset class. I didn't mean there's just opportunity within it um, by bringing in a different mindset and operating mindset, um, which is what, you know, what, what we've done. Um, so that mantra and answer to your question, grow smart and grow fast um, is, is, you know, is everything to us, everything to me. I like that. So what would you say is the most outdated advice in your industry? Mm. <clears throat> I'll, I'll, uh, I'll just do i'll jump to the other stuff later well we may have to talk again you've got a lot to talk about i love i got it. a lot to say yeah <laughs> <laughs> i love it not I love it. you got you got to filter through the one percent that means the most but um so geez let's let's see here um so here's here's what is um i've talked about venture capital what i haven't talked about is management consulting right and our industry is essentially the intersection between the two, um, between management consulting and between investing, which you know VC, venture capital, and private equity kind of fall within. Um, now, we don't consider ourselves consultants, but that is the industry that we fall in is management consulting. And mm-hmm. you know these firms charge a retainer to interview and tell you what you already know and use a standard playbook. I was there, right? And it doesn't go to the heart of the company issue, and they get paid no matter what. And so, you know, what I, what I think is like the game changing aspect of what we're doing is just flipping the script. <laughs> like, you know, if, if there's not value in it on both sides, then what are we doing? <laughs> That's um, and if that value is just telling you what you want to hear, that is not our jam. We are in it to drive and make a difference and uplift and amplify companies to the next level. Um, and so, you know, that's why we've assembled this world-class team of founders, operators, investors, and M&A folks, driving growth, higher exits. That, that, that's it at the end of the day. Now, now one, one thing to mention there, if that's all right, can I, can I keep going? You can talk as long as you want, babe. <laughs> so um, the uh, one thing that, um, that I've struggled with, and it may come through in, in my passion <laughs> is like when to take a break, right? Um, because starting a business is not easy and growing a business is even harder. And growing a business while you're also growing other people's businesses <laughs> is incredibly hard. Um, so, you know, I, I, I experienced like an incredible um, dark point in my founder journey, hitting, hitting my own version of burn, you know, founder burnout, if you will, which is, it's, it's real. It's something we don't talk about because we think it makes us look weak and we're supposed to be in charge and you we're, did that in you know, four we're years? top and you hit burnout um, within four years i yeah you must I mean, have been given two thousand percent that's amazing that's yeah. you had to be given all of you 
Yeah, I mean, there is a version of that that states that have kind of been doing the same thing I've been doing for 20 years. And so, was, you know, it might have been part of that, partly part, partly that, partly the four years of, of Orchid Black. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, we're human. <laughs> yes. We, and we need Absolutely. and we need to understand that it's not weak. It's that we're we're, we're You're human, tired. Right. <laughs> You're just yes, tired. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, you know, startups and companies and growth stage companies are they're supposed to be hard. Right. But they're not supposed to be impossible. <laughs> and so you got to recognize when it's having a negative impact on not only you, not only you, but it ends up affecting your business in a very negative way way right okay. especially yep. as the team grows um and so i started to realize that 50 percent of this you know call it game is is personal mindset and um and there's a reason you know especially recently why so many so many it's kind of like a disease almost founder burnout right like it is a psychological thing that a mental tax of building a company uh building companies and you know, whether it be general burnout or just your Sunday afternoon anxiety, you know, scary Sundays, if you will. Um, <laughs> worried it, about Monday. Worried about Monday. Yeah. Um, and, and what you're going to do and how you're going to make sure to be at 150% all the time. Um, and so I learned to adopt more of a, of a human um, and less superhuman approach um, or the right mindset. Um, part of that was getting an exec coach. Um, part of that was like realizing that it's okay to take a breath um, and that, you know, this, this part that's a personal mindset as a fine founders equally as important towards the business mindset of growing your business. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I just, you know, I, I, I feel like that is such an important part for, for founders to realize uh, for, for people, for humans to realize. I'm, yeah. I'm really glad you shared that. It's reminds me of, you know, when you're a new mom, you know, you have to take time for you because otherwise you're no good to the baby and vice versa with the same with the business. I've been doing the same thing. We've done a full rebrand pretty much in this past year. So I, I feel you on yeah. every level because <laughs> we we did a pivot as well. And it's been like, uh, wait a minute, where did everybody go? It's because I wasn't selling. That's why <laughs> I had to get out there and start all over again. Yeah. So, so I really appreciate you sharing that because I'm sure there's a lot of people listening to this that are going, hey, wait a minute, that's me. I'm overwhelmed. I'm, I'm stressed out. Da, da, da. And I've got, I'm just like you. I got coaches and I got a little piece of paper right here that says make time for yourself. <laughs> so... I, I, I probably myself. need to do better about that piece of paper, but, um, but yes, I, well, well said, well said. I love it. Okay. So now I'm going to do the ocean personality test on you. I warned oh, you about boy. that. And <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen it before, but um, Vanessa Van Edwards, I see her do it and Jordan Peterson does it. And it is just the neatest little thing. It's really short and easy. It just kind of gives people a, a peek into your depth of your personality and yeah. you're I'm not sure where you're going to land. Some people I know immediately. So I'm excited to, to see what you do. So you're going to right. answer low, medium, or high. High meaning, yep, that's me all the way through. And nope, no, not that. Okay? So number one is openness. If you're high in openness, you love trying new things and love having new experiences. I would say I'm, I'm fairly high in, open, in, in openness. I love new things. I love new experiences. Okay. Conscientiousness. What is your level when you approach organization and details? If you're high in conscientiousness, you're very organized and you love details. I like to be focused, but also leverage my creativity to drive innovation. And I can do the details, 
but I get really uncomfortable in them. Um, so I would say I'm probably about a, probably about a medium um, on the conscientious scale. Yeah, I'm medium to low. <laughs> I have organization in my chaos. Yes. <laughs> um, extroversion. That's probably me as well, medium to low. Yeah. <laughs> extroversion. If you are an extrovert, you thrive around other people. You just can't get enough. Probably, uh, I'd say most people would say hi, but I'm probably medium to high. I, I, uh, I can be a fairly private person at times, but mm-hmm. I do thrive around people and, and, and talking. So somewhere between medium and high. That's great. Okay. And agreeableness. If you rate high in agreeableness, you are likely a friendly and compassionate people pleaser. I'm probably a medium. I would say I'm pretty good at working with people, but, but also thrive on my own. And, um, maybe people would say medium to low. Cause I, I also, you know, definitely push the boundaries on everything <laughs> I do. Um, so probably, not probably the, medium not to the low. bear. We're afraid to poke. Are you? What's that? You're not the bear. We're afraid to poke. Are you? No comment. Uh, no, you have to ask my team on that one, but I, I hope, I I hope that's not the case. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And the last one is neuroticism. Neurotic isn't bad. It just means that you worry and have anxiety and you might get a little bit sharp tongued at times when your stress levels are high. Probably, probably about medium. Um, I try to keep my composure, keep my cool, but there's definitely trying times, which is one of the reasons that I, again, got an executive coach. (laughs) Well, I think it's human too. I mean, it's all human. And I really appreciate your vulnerability and being so honest because a lot of people are going to, you know, try to make themselves look like this, you know, perfection and none (laughs) of us are perfect. You know, we're all just trying. And that was something I learned in a, in a class I went to years ago where we did this exercise. And at the end of it, you looked around and it's like, they're just as scared as I am. (laughs) And it was just a really big eye opener that there is nothing outside our possibility. You know, we've we've got to be enthusiastic about it. And people like you that are able to see that vision better than they can see it for themselves. Every business person needs somebody like you in their their corner. And so I I really hope that they reach out to you. Um, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Um, if someone's listening right now, if somebody says, hey, man, I really love what I'm hearing. I just happen to have $5 million. <laughs> what do you want them to do next? What, where do you want them to go? Do you want them to reach out personally? Do you want to, you know, what yeah. do you want them to do? Yeah, we're a, we're a pretty personal business. Um, so I would love if people would re- reach out to me um, at jb at orchid.black. Um, you know, I take office hours every week. Um, with the market and, and happy to take a call to see if there's a potential fit either within our growth program or at the very least help point you folks in the right direction. Um, we also have a really awesome newsletter called The Dirt, um, Growth, The Dirt, right? Um, Love it. That, that you can sign up for at orchid.black. Um, we've got incredible insights and content being developed by our team around things that matter most to growth stage businesses and in, in the market. Um, and so, I think those are between the newsletter and um, and in, me emailing me direct at jb at orchid.black. Um, hopefully can, can help you guys out. Do they have, do you have like a calendar link or anything that they could uh, set up an appointment? Through your uh, website? I, I, I do. Yeah, I can, I can okay. absolutely send that over to you. Okay. That sounds great. We'll put it in the show notes Perfect. and hopefully that'll help. So Perfect. thank you so much for sharing orchid black with us and sharing your heart I, you've been fantastic. Don't hang up because we're going to be uh, talking a little bit after this, but I just wanted to thank you again and all the wisdom that you gave to everybody that's listening, and hopefully you'll get some more followers and clients out of it.
I appreciate it. Thank you so much. You did a great job. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for being a part of the story behind our success. If you are a successful six-figure entrepreneur or an inspirational speaker who would like to be on this program, please visit neonlizardcreative.com slash podcast slash apply. If we're inspired by this interview, we would be honored if you would share it on social media and even rate it. Your thumbs up rating goes a long way to promote the show. And if you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them, let them know. Hashtag story behind our success. And don't forget, opt in on the website so you don't miss an episode. We have some fantastic guests on the docket. And if you want to know more, check out neonlizardcreative.com. See you next time. Okay.